0: Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePetro Show.
1: Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now it's 106 on this uh, very delightful sunny Thursday, and you're listening to The John DePetro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. What a uh, nice forecast you just heard. Delightful weather for the afternoon. My goodness. In the 60s. And then uh, tomorrow, of course, Veterans Day. It looks like it's going to be rain in the afternoon, but the morning's going to be dry. And so for this portion of the program, folks, brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, lunch, dinner, drinks in the lounge, eat in the dining room. They're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. 40, Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. All right, right off of Route 146. We have, um I have a lot of sound I want to get into. And it, it is, folks, you can't ignore just how quickly everything just pivots into, you know, that was the election. Those were the results. And... You know, you just can't challenge anything. I, I'm getting. It's also the the way that people just lump in. Um, if you question the mail ballots, if you question the early voting, that makes you an election denier. Uh, any anyone that would look at the way some of the vote totals came down would see the fact that. Um, let me just see this. Democratic candidates received uh, 24,000 mail ballots, for Republicans 6,500. Uh, it's it just, I don't know what those numbers are. I thought once the election was over, I was going to stop getting those types of messages. I'm still getting these messages. I put up with them during the course of the election because then I thought it was going to come to an end. And now I'm still getting them, for crying out loud. So I want to just, before I get to some of the sound, I want to get into, okay, that's what I'm looking for, Rhode Island election results. Now, let me go to, all right, right, I'm nope, that's not the one I wanted. One moment, here we go. I want to just check the numbers that I'm looking for are... Yeah, this race oh we want the full want the full vote total. Ballot breakout is what you'll want at rhodeillandri.gov. So I'm skimming down to the rep race. This Amanda Blau ran a tremendous race. And she lost to Justine Caldwell. So listen to these numbers. Polling place. Justine Caldwell got 1,998 votes. Amanda Blau, the Republican who ran a great race, got 1,937. Okay, now that's close, obviously, right? Round off, it's it's right around a 60-vote different. Now you go to the early voting. Caldwell 984. Amanda Blau, 565. Then you go to the mail ballots. Caldwell, 404. Amanda Blau, 135. So in total, there were 539 mail ballots cast in this election. 539. And of the 539 mail ballots, Caldwell got 404. That, that is statistically impossible. Absolutely impossible. Four times as many mail ballots. That, that doesn't make sense to anybody. You know why? Because it isn't. It's not legit. They're not running legitimate elections. Bridget Valadaire. State Senator ran against Doreen Costa. We're close at the polls. 2,200 votes. Costa, 2,000 votes. Okay. A little behind, 200. Let's go to the mail ballots. Bridget Valadea 459. Doreen Costa, 148. Again, there's that 4 to 1 ratio. Early voting. She beat her 2 to 1. They're gaming the system. In in the town of East Greenwich, Aaron Gukian is from East Greenwich. It's his hometown. So 2,300 people voted for Aaron on Tuesday. 18, 1,870 voted for Sabina Matos. Oh, great. So he won. He won. He won by almost 500 votes. So he's the winner, right? Right, Juan? Wrong. Let's go to the mail ballots. Aaron, 167. Matos, 424. Early voting. So 4 to 1. Notice the 4 to 1 ratio. Early voting. Aaron, 689. Matos, 947. She wins and beats him in East Greenwich, 48.7 to 47.5. Now, I, I had also mentioned, I don't know who this guy Ross McCurdy is that ran. The guy actually got 245 votes. I have no idea who that is. And I follow this pretty closely. So, folks, it goes on and on. It's um, it, its discouraging, to say the least. It is... Um, You know, now, I also want to play. There was this school bus accident this morning. Let's hear exactly what happened with that. Burville, two adults, three students were injured in this Burville school bus crash. They're saying it was the sun. The sun caught the driver off guard, and that led to this uh, school bus accident. So let me... um, Let's hear This is the Channel 12 story on it. Here we go.
2: School bus crash this morning on the way to school. It happened at about 8.30 this morning at Eagle Peak and Camp Dixie Roads in Burrillville. Multiple rescue vehicles were called to the scene, and 12 News reporter Matt Paddock has been there this morning gathering all the latest information. He's live now with this noon update from Burrillville. Matt?
3: Yeah, Danielle, it was on this stretch of Camp Dixie Road here in Burrowville where fire crews say that school bus involved accident happened. They say that five... Five people were sent to area hospitals. Now, according to neighbors in the area, they say they first heard a loud boom around 8.30 this morning and looked outside to find a bus completely stopped. Richard Peck of on Fire says 18 students were on that bus, mostly from local schools Austin, Levy Elementary, and William Callahan Elementary. Now, after speaking with Mayor Major Albert Carlo, he says the cause of the accident, possibly sun glare. And again, five oh. people were taken to area hospitals for minor injuries, including three students and two adults from the other passenger vehicle involved in the crash. Sun glare. What is it? Children that
0: were on the bus were taken to a collection point and either transferred by another school bus to the schools that they go to
3: or picked up by parents. Hmm. That's odd. And the other car involved in the accident was a white minivan, which our cameras did capture that damage. And police also say that the cause of this crash is still under investigation. Now, make sure you're sticking with 12 News both on air and online oh, for you the know latest I well. developments. Reporting live in Burrillville, Matt Paddock, 12 News.
1: All right. Well, that's good. I don't know. That's a little odd with the sun glare. But uh, Rhode Island's had a bad week with the school bus drivers. You also had some. Do you hear about the driver that picked up the kids from LaSalle? He put in the wrong address. In the GPS and they ended up in Connecticut. It's a little unusual, to say the least. I want to get to, um, let me just hear the sound on Brutal Night for the GOP. All right, I want to hear how this came out. Um, for Ted Nisi of WPRI, who, he, he does a fantastic job. He does. I respect him. The guy puts in the effort. He is so knowledgeable. He's balanced. He's fair. Mayor Fun got a fair shake with the coverage. All right, let's listen Ten
2: to those bringing you more in-depth coverage of last night's results. We're joined live at 4 by 12 News Politics Editor Ted Nisi. Ted, you were up pretty late last night uh, (laughs) trying to find out the results waiting for those final returns out of Taunton for the Bristol County Sheriff's race. What time were you on the phone?
4: Uh, I talked to Paul Harrow at 2.15 in the morning. 2.15
2: in the morning. (laughs) Yeah and Ted as we've been reporting those results were really the final blow for Republicans this time. Uh, Yeah
4: Kim, Kayla a day that started yesterday started with Republicans hoping for a red wave in this region and it ended really with the opposite a blue wave even by the standards of this heavily Democratic region. Aaron 3 takeaways, I would say. First, not only did Democrats Dan McKee and Seth Magaziner win the races for Rhode Island Governor in Congress, they topped expectations. Even their own campaigns were surprised by how big their winning margins were. Second, Kim, you mentioned the Bristol County, Massachusetts sheriff race. Republican Tom Hodgson had held that seat for 25 years. He had strong support from Charlie Baker. He had the power of incumbency, and he still went down to defeat against Democrat Paul Harrow. And then when you zoom out, there are 26 statewide or federal offices around the Massachusetts altogether. And as of next January, voters will have elected a Democrat to every single one of them. And people, again, might say, well, you know, we know this is a Democratic area. But I look back through history all the way back to the 1920s. I don't think this has ever happened before in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, where there wasn't even one Republican holding a statewide or federal office. So it was just a bloodbath for the GOP last night, and unexpectedly.
2: Now, Ted, you mentioned Dan McKee's big victory in the Rhode Island governor's race, and there was a clear split geographically in terms of the election.
4: Yes. Our colleague, Eli Sherman, always builds great maps for WPRI.com showing the election results. So take a look at this. First, you're going to see this map is the 2020 presidential election results in Rhode Island. Biden is in blue. Trump is in red. And you can see the state was split right down the middle with Republicans winning the west, but Democrats winning the east, which is more heavily populated. Now take a look at the map of last night's election for governor. McKee in blue, Kalis in red. It's almost exactly the same. The only place that flipped was Richmond, which went blue to red. Otherwise, McKee won every Biden community, and Uh. Kalis won every Trump community. Uh. And there are more people in those McKee-Biden towns, which is why he won so emphatically. So that's that's really the fundamental challenge for Republicans in Rhode Island going forward. They've got to make inroads, close Closer to the coastline, if they want to win statewide.
2: Yeah, you know, Ted, I was at Alan Fung's watch party last night, and you could just feel it in the room when the results came in that he had lost. That was not the expected outcome last night. So disappointment was certainly the operative word for Republicans. 12 News Politics Editor Ted Nisi, thanks so much for being here. Good to
1: be here. Very good report. Ted did a um, Ted did a terrific job, folks. He did. Good afternoon. You're listening to the John DiPietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. 9. 9. 9. Just a tough one. Just a tough one. A lot of races are not decided yet, by the way. Uh, still many of the races across the country. I also see, so North Kingstown police, they did locate that girl. 10 o'clock this morning, someone saw her at a shopping plaza on Posh Road. Reunited. She was saying she was alone all night. Oh, she was at one business, went to another. She hid overnight. That's how she stayed warm. Huh. Well, there was a lot that went in to try to find the girl that had an argument with her mother. All right. I want to get with, or I should say get to some of the, the national sound. I think there's another piece, though, on NBC10 That I want to hear. Sure, let me play this one. It has to do with the CD two race. Alan Fung, Seth Magaziner. I'm going to repeat. I think it's. I think it's unfair. That's not who the people wanted. They're not. They're gaming the system. We have to do something about these mail ballots and early voting. It's insanity. All right, let's hear. This is the uh, Channel 10 piece here.
0: Historical night. That's right. Wendy Schiller, NBC 10 political analyst from Brown University joins us. And almost a shocker in the second congressional district. You know, the mail in ballots really helped a magazine or typically older voters. Do you think those ads aimed at fun, you know, getting rid of Medicaid and Social Security really worked?
2: Well, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, you saw a real change or a pivot in the magazine or advertising and also the uh, affiliated groups that don't coordinate with campaigns but support candidates running really over and over and over, you know, Medicare and Social Security uh, and, you know, helping working people and that the Republican Party wants to cut those kinds of programs. And I think that started to seep All in lies. to people who might have been on the fence, who like Alan Funk lies. personally. And I think uh, whether they mailed them in or they voted early... I I think that just started to shift a little bit for a magazine or, and it was sort of not for... Acceptable. You know, Magaziner said, well, the pundits thought I was going to lose. Uh, but I think it was because anybody who had kn- knew what they were going to do had formed their opinion. They were set. That there was no budging them. It was these people who are like, I think, were undecided till the very end, really shifted back towards the Democratic Party and back towards Magazine. National Republicans thought that um, Alan Funk could help them regain control of Congress. So how does the red wave look tonight? the red wave still looks pretty healthy for those of you who are republican leaning or wanted to see republican victories in the state this evening uh i think you're going to be pretty happy when you wake up tomorrow morning i you know it looks right now like the house will go to the republican party Uh, the democrats have already lost a few key seats that are little you know barometers of how the they'll do tonight the senate is a toss-up the senate is really we may not know the senate for a couple of days so we're just not quite sure how that's running. What you're seeing across the country, though, is that governors running are affecting the lower down-ballot races. You know, when you have a very popular governor in your, in your party running, it seems to be lifting people up, maybe in Georgia, for example, in Ohio, for J.D. Vance. Um, and that, I think, might have happened also tonight in Rhode Island. And we have appreciated your insight tonight. Wendy Schiller from Brown University, great job.
1: Well, I, again, not to be uh, redundant here, folks, you're not hearing anything about the amount of uh, how much mail ballots and early voting completely. That's what took over the election. I, I mean, why, I, what I, I don't understand is why, how come I'm the only one? Well, at least what I don't think here more people mentioning that. That so many of these elections, our political landscape would be very different if these races were held. Just several years ago, not that long ago, starting with the Democrat primary, I, it's, it's very telling to me that there are some individuals that don't want to look into that. And I think it gives, hear me out, right now it's 123, good afternoon, you're listening to the John DiPietro Show, it's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM on this sunny Thursday If there was a narrative that you really wanted to say, you know, that a team had this fantastic offense and this fantastic quarterback and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, what if they win a game, but then the way they won was a touchdown on a kickoff return, touchdown and interception, uh, you know, got a field goal off of a fumble recovery. You're, you're pushing a false narrative of what let you know, the offense really stepped up again. Well, not so fast. Not really. Maybe they got one rushing touchdown, but then the other points were scored by, you know, turnovers, defense, and special teams. All right, let's go to Good Morning America, the red wave that never developed. This is from Good Morning America. News
5: conference. It was a good day, I think, for democracy.
1: Yeah. And I think it was a good How day was that? for that good
5: for democracy? Our democracy has been tested in recent years, but uh, with their votes, uh, the American people have spoken and proven once again that democracy is who we are.
6: And on the Republican side, former President Trump under fire after a bad night for him. John Carhilder, talk about that. Uh, Look, George, as Republican hopes for a big red wave fade away, the question is whether or not the party is finally ready to move on from Donald Trump. Donald Trump invited some 200 supporters to Mar-a-Lago for what was expected to be an election night victory celebration and a prelude to another presidential campaign. As his most high-profile candidates started to go down, he tried to declare victory anyway. This has been a very exciting night. But in state after state, candidates pushed by Trump lost. Sources tell ABC News the former president was fuming, angry that he was being blamed for Republican losses. Sources say Trump blamed his aides, he blamed Fox News host Sean Hannity, and even blamed his wife Melania for some of the endorsements. None more so than TV doctor Mehmet Oz. He wants to help the people of Pennsylvania. Oz had won the Republican nomination because he had Trump's endorsement. But he lost Tuesday, a race Republicans expected and needed to win. In New Hampshire and in Georgia, Republican candidates for governor who had defied Trump won easily. That was not the case for Senate candidates Trump had endorsed. Thank
0: you for a historic landslide
6: victory! Meanwhile, Florida's Republican governor, Ron DeSantis, who neither sought nor received Trump's support, had a huge night, winning in a nearly 20-point landslide. Trump not only didn't endorse DeSantis, he attacked him in the final week of the campaign. Trump at 71, Ron DeSantis at 10%. Clearly upset about the talk DeSantis could run for president, Trump told Fox News Monday, quote, if he runs, he could hurt himself very badly. I don't think it would be good for the party. And Trump had this warning for DeSantis. If he did run, I will tell you things about him that won't be very flattering. I know more about him than anybody other than perhaps his wife, who is really running his campaign. Trump himself teased a major announcement coming next Tuesday, hinting he will launch another campaign for president. But after Tuesday's results, top Republicans are urging him not to run, at least not now. Uh, Republicans, including Trump's own advisors, are pleading with him not to announce he's running for president before the Georgia runoff on December 6th. But, George, given that Donald Trump has so clearly teased that he is going to launch his presidential campaign on Tuesday... Not not announcing pulling back creates problems for him yeah, as well. Yeah, the yeah, question why that. did you stop? You yeah. yeah. And you're gonna join me on Sunday on this week. I have an exclusive move with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Biden celebrated the party's
1: better You know, folks, better. again, I um I I I don't see what the rush is. Like many of you, he you you can't I know there's some people that just wanna keep blaming the media. I don't I don't understand President Trump's insistence on continuing to try to grab the spotlight. I I I'm just at a loss on it. Why, in fact, he feels that he needs to continue to get the spotlight when there, there are people that are lining up with DeSantis, without question, and that is not gonna. That's not gonna end, and that's not gonna go away. It's only gonna intensify. But closer to home, we have our own problems. It's one twenty-eight on this Thursday, and let me just check some of the other. Latest headlines now. If the GOP gains the majority, the American people won't settle for business as usual. That is completely true. I also want to mention how there's a good piece that, let me just see this. A year ago, Kevin McCarthy, wow, oh, Kevin, a year ago, Kevin McCarthy predicted 60 House seats. Am I seeing that? A year ago, House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy predicted Republicans would win sixty seats in the midterm, but even with a much slimmer House majority, the policy agenda may stall. That can't happen. <laughs> Things have to change. I also want to point out, and I started to mention this there's a good there's a, a a good piece that Bruce drew my attention to in The Wall Street Journal now. The Wall Street Journal has some pretty rough pieces on President Trump. So Trump people are not going to like it. But you have to t- take into account all the different opinions. I think, I think the Wall Street Journal, um, by all accounts, I, I mean, obviously, I, I like the Wall Street Journal. So, but the GOP midterm failure. The party wasted a great opportunity, but at least we may get gridlock in Washington. That's not the one. The one that applies to Rhode Island. Now, there's a couple other commentaries here. DeSantis is a winner. What does that mean for Trump in 2024 by Dave Seminara. This is from the editorial board. Trump is the Republican Party's biggest loser. Huh. You have the DeSantis Florida tsunami. But then you also have, now they mention New York, but you could put in, you could easily put in Rhode Island. And what they're talking about is how the example they write about has to do how New York has used all this federal COVID money to cover a lot of spending and mistakes and, and, you could easily substitute Rhode Island for New York in that in that piece because it, Governor McKee, he is in for the wake up that he is in for. I'm telling you folks, this, it's going to be fine between now and July, but that's when, that's when things are really going to kick in. The, the federal COVID money. That let's face it, so much of it, it's, it's actually been damaging to the economy because there's just been too much money floating around. But we are in the same boat as New York. I mean, and, and you don't hear anyone talking about that. I come back to that, Tom McCarthy, who he left the Rhode Island Department of Health. He, I was not a big fan of Dr. Scott when she was leading the Rhode Island Department of Health. Listening to the John DePetro Show weekdays, folks, we start at 11, we go until 2, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM, you can always listen online at the website, depetro.com and all you do is, if you log on at depetro.com no eyes, and then on the left-hand side, you'll see click on listen live. And you do that, and then you just press the play button. And we have people that listen to that and are able to listen wherever they are. Some people go, you know, south for the wintertime, or maybe they go skiing out west or different places and wherever. People listen from all over. Maybe you just listen somewhere or you live somewhere and you're just not able to pick up either the 99.9 FM or the AM 1380. It's always an option to go to the website. Now, on the website, by the way, on the right hand side, you'll see there is the link for. My Facebook page. There is the link for the Twitter feed. Blue check mark, by the way. There is the link for Instagram. And there's also- American Rescue Act gave states and localities $350 billion plus $129 billion for K-12 through education and $30 billion for mass transit. The actual purpose was to assist Democrat states and cities with pre-existing budget problems. Consider New York City- which will receive more than $25 in federal COVID funds from all sources. Think about that. New York City's been using some of these funds to cover reoccurring expenses, notably for schools and to cope with rising homelessness. When COVID funds run out, the city's going to have to cover these expenses with general tax revenue. The federal fiscal cliff, Amounts to 82 million this year, and it will grow to 1.1 billion in 2026. It gets worse. The city comptroller in August predicted the city would face 870 million budget gap this year: 6.4 billion in 24, 7 billion in 25, and 9.6 billion in 26. Folks, Rhode Island is going to be facing a lot of the same stuff. The Democrats may want to raise taxes when the crisis hits. But they're already squeezed. Now, in New York, they're squeezing residents, a top tax rate of 14.7% state and city combined. The top 1% already pay 42% of city income tax. And Mayor Eric Adams can't afford to lose more of them to Florida. Now, many states face a similar pandemic fiscal cliff. And it'll be far steeper in states like Illinois, New York, Rhode Island, New Jersey, where Democrats have relied on federal pandemic relief to avoid a spending reckoning and reward their public union friends. Boy, doesn't that sound familiar? That is the company that we are in. This year's stock market route will also hurt states with progressive income taxes. They rely on high earners to pay their spending bills. They shouldn't bet on Washington bailing them out again. So, you know, it is going to come down that way. And you don't hear anything right now. If you think they want to stop the spending spree at the state house, you're you're wrong. They don't want to stop the the spending spree at the state house. They want it to just keep rolling. And the problem is, they want us to pay for it. And Governor McKee, who everything has been, yes, anyone, any of the special interests, any of the the public sector union, anyone like that, anything they ask for, all the bonuses, everything they ask for with the public unions. With Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, the answer has been absolutely, sure. You know, how do you want, not a problem. What happens when suddenly it is a problem? He's going to start suddenly telling them that it's a problem. He's not going to tell them it's a problem. What are they going to say? They're going to say, we want, we still want our money. So, um, well, that's interesting. 50 Cent has a new investigative series called Hip Hop Homicides. Young rappers, untimely deaths, young rappers to gun violence. Huh. Let me hear a little bit. They, they did a piece on this in, in the... the the oh, Show.
0: On a new project. It's called
1: oh, he's on Shops. with them. show
0: Investigates the untimely deaths of young rappers.
1: like like and hip-hop?
0: 50. He
7: looks into the rise in these cases. Do you feel like hip-hop is actually getting more violent? Do yes. I think it's the same energy. We're in a different period so it looks different. It's going to happen where everyone can, can take a look on camera. Can see it. Mm. That's, That's fast. 50s here yeah. to talk about it. I mean, you know, you know, this show's coming out when gun violence in this
0: country is at mm. an all-time high. Violence in hip hop, not anything new. I mean, you look at
7: Tupac, you look at Biggie, but it does seem like now it's becoming a bit more pervasive than it has been. Why do you think now is the perfect time for a show like this? Well, I think it shows the, the aftermath of it. It shows you know how people really feel mm. and affected by the loss of someone. You know what I mean, and from their mom to to uh, people who were working with them, anticipating it being their way out. And you see the overall aftermath of what, what took place.
2: Here's the challenge. You know, just last week obviously Rapper Ta- rapper Takeoff was was killed. Um, he from Migos. He was killed in Houston. But I know people who know him and he was not controversial. Unproblematic, if you will. Cool, calm, quiet. So I think people are thinking he wasn't even doing anything.
7: You know? right, right. I mean, when you don't cut the umbilical cord up to the environment, and you kind of keep the the street energy around, then those people are around still. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they may not, like, look, we, when, when I was growing up, I didn't have, a lot of things, right? But I didn't see so many people have those things. Mm. Because we communicate through photographs, to social media, mm. you're constantly reminded what, oh, but of the things have. that you don't
2: have, you mean? Right. Like the jewelry, the that cars? That would make
7: you feel like you don't have much to live for because you don't have much.
2: So you think that's,
7: that's wow. the impact behind a lot of this? I think it's a part of why they get involved in gang culture and why they participate in those behaviors. Mm-hmm. Got it. Well, i just, well, just
2: want
5: it. Just
7: wanting... Better. nicer things or better mm-hmm. things and, and creating a relationship somewhere that could generate that
2: mm-hmm.
7: you know huh. mean, you,
2: were, you were the subject of gun violence yourself yeah. back
4: in 2000 shot nine times mm-hmm. you, thankfully you're here to you know still talk about it but what did you learn from mm-hmm. that well it's,
7: no matter it how strong you are it's going to take uh it's going to be timing if it's not your time you, your higher power is responsible for you being able to recover from situations not your muscles mm. and um it, when when it happens it I mean, those things and they've always been in the life yeah the difference is it's now caught on tape. Yeah. So, like, they, they still haven't caught the guy involved in takeoff, but you've seen so many reports that you feel like you already know who. I know. Yeah. Did what. And so,
2: you know, let's take a turn really quickly before you leave. I can't believe I was just reading my notes here. I can't believe it's been almost 20 years. That was your
4: club handle? Almost 20 years since your, your debut album. <laughs> it seemed like 20 years
2: ago. <laughs> what do you think it is about that first one, right? That is, it's still going? Like it's yes, still, it's, It comes on and people still go nuts.
7: It's magic. Like, sometimes you don't think about it. Like, you you. you You'll pick a theme for things like, like Go Shorty, it's your birthday. Did you every, know it in the every moment? Day. No, I did not. Really? I was enjoying myself. And it's what came to me when the music was playing. But every day someone's birthday. Yeah. It's like
2: it's so always celebrate.
7: All right, folks, that, that's
1: interesting about the gun violence. I found that interesting about the gun violence. Folks, good afternoon. You're listening to The John DiPietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 909.9 FM. I may have to watch that. I may watch that. I think he's, that's interesting that because of social media, all the the gang members see what they don't have. And, and then as a result of that, then they say, you know, a way I can get it is through, in fact, crime, right? And then most of the time it's drug dealing. And I'll tell you, right now it's 142 on this Thursday. The bulk, I mean, if not all the bulk of the crime that i cover in the city of providence it's it's always involves with drugs it's always someone's going to try to rip off someone now when i say hey, when you have a home invasion and someone is going in the home and they're going to rip off money that the people have in the home what i'm saying is the 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 people that are getting ripped off more than likely made their money from the drug trade. So that's how the amount of money came into the equation. <clears throat> and it's it's routine. There's no rules. Routinely people in the drug trade you have, you know, person A and they have cash and person B has the drugs, person A gives the cash, whatever it is, 30,000, to person B. Person B hands them the drugs. And then the person, person A, who has the drugs, they then then try to, at some point, rip off the person who they just gave their 30,000 to. Ultimately, they want to keep their 30,000 but they want the drugs the other person has. And that happens all the time, all the time. They, they, they're not exactly reputable business individuals. Folks, that's why you need to visit competition shooting supplies, firearms, accessories, arms for all skill levels. Right now on this Thursday at 144, competition shooting supplies, firearms, accessories, Where are they located? 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. You can depend on John Francis and competition shooting supplies. Selection assistance. He also runs a good Facebook page that you see some of the newer items that he gets in. And then you also, uh, you can sell things to John Francis or everything he gets into the shop. 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. It's competition shooting supplies folks good afternoon on uh it is a nice thursday as a matter of fact you're listening to the john DePietro show on am 1380 and 909.9 fm on this thursday november 10th i don't i don't know where things are gonna go uh with with the elections and i i know governor mckee is absolute i think he is delusional That he thinks that everyone in the, he thinks he got this big overwhelming majority. I don't believe that. They grabbed, he wanted the biggest run up possible. And he grabbed early voting and those mail ballots. There's nothing good about those mail ballots. All right. Now here are some other headlines though. Trump Republican Civil War. It's already starting. Trump DeSantis. New York Post. The Don sabotaged midterms. 2024 already fugly. Servant DeSantis will not become the master. Trump flock will stay loyal. How about Biden? Good day for democracy. Teases a 24, 24 announcement after Christmas. I, um, I do not see why President Trump Needs to. Why President Trump feels the need to announce so? I I don't. What what's the rush here? What's the rush while George is still in play? And I have no. Why is he attacking Ron DeSantis? There there's no reason for President Trump to be attacking Ron DeSantis. There's no reason for him to be attacking anyone at this moment. I think the former president should be quiet. I think you should step back a little bit. And I'll also, folks, at, at 146, remember, you can email me, John. Uh, go to the website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Something that can't be ignored. And it's going to come into play. And that is the age. I mean, are we really going to go through with this? Biden is 79. President Trump Just had a birthday. And so, you know, right now he's 76. President Trump next year will be 77. So he's going to be running for president turning 78 years old. So he would be president if he won. His birthday's in June. He would be president from the age of 78 to 82. I, at what point do people start to say, I, I want someone younger. I want It's, it's a very demanding job. Um, obviously, people are living longer. People are more active longer. I think they are going to bump up Social Security in the age. People are living longer. So there's nothing wrong with that. But it's, it's the demands of being president. DeSantis, I, I, I don't know if I want to see him go through the process. I think you also have to watch that. Go- I like that governor of Virginia, Glenn Youngkin. I think that guy is very impressive in these term limited out in Virginia. He he was all over Fox on Monday and Tuesday. And he I, he is someone to watch. I think Yunkin Desantis could be unbeatable. A problem, and I say this as a Trump supporter, is he does drive up turnout for Democrats that just despise him so much, and you, you can't ignore that. But I, I don't. I mean, I'll say this. And by the way, congratulations, um, Lisa Beldeley Hunt. Uh, she will get her turn as as mayor again. But um, I, um, I, I don't. As I've said, I, this business that he's attacking Desantis and did it at the rally, and I, for the life of me, I don't, who is around President Trump that is encouraging that type of, you know, yeah, take a, a pot, you know, take a shot at Desantis. I, I don't see how, and that fell. That was a, a big thud, and this business of. I know a lot about him and he shouldn't run. And like, where where is where is this coming from? Where is this going? What's the end game in that? What side are you on? I recognize, folks, we are a long way from Ronald Reagan and the 11th commandment. But this is this is just over the top. What are you picking on DeSantis for? And this stuff about who's loyal, who's not loyal, he didn't, he didn't endorse him. Maybe he didn't want his endorsement. But it's this, this infighting, there's nothing good coming out of that. President Trump had an incredible impact on the party. He still continues to have an impact on the party. But some of the people that he has supported and endorsed have not proven to be good candidates. Like that of uh, Mano in Pennsylvania. And uh, let's see if Herschel Walker can go over the finish line. And, and also Dr. Oz. I, we are hearing he's blaming Sean Hannity and his wife selecting Dr. Oz. There, as I had talked about, there was a very good candidate in that Pennsylvania Senate primary. Dave McCormick. And he lost to Oz. That guy could have won. Like, what are you? What are we talking about? Are we talking about winning, or are you just talking about you want to do rah rah? Let's do a rally. You know, the hell with them. Lock her up. Are, are you just talking about making noise? It's like a team. Are, are you really talking about you want to go to the Super Bowl, or do you want to just make make a lot of noise in the in the during the season? Right? Is that what we're talking about? What run up a big big winning record a lot of passing yards are you are you talking about making a way through the the playoffs to the super bowl well like what what are what what's the goal here do you want to just be on hard knocks or do you want to be lifting the lombardi trophy folks this portion of the John DiPietro show on this thursday is brought by propane plus give them a call today 401-885-4209 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508 508- 252-3359 for Propane Plus. Heating and cooling, you can depend on Propane Plus. Now you can also go to their website. It's propaneplus.com. You type in your zip code, residential or commercial, to get right back to you. Always there for you. Dedicated to providing exceptional service. Propane Plus. Call them today in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts, 508 252 3359 for propane plus. I was with some people Saturday. I was chatting with them. they said, no, no, DeSantis should we should stay in Florida and wait his turn and blah." and I'm telling you right now it doesn't work that way. You have to run when your op- window of opportunity is there. It doesn't work that way. He should stay and he, you know and just keep working on Florida. It doesn't work that way. People have to decide, do you want to lose the White House in 2024? Do you, do you want to have Biden for, for four more, six more years? Or do you want someone that can win? This is these, you, you need people dealing in reality. I like Jeff Deal. In hindsight, I, I, he ran a losing campaign. I get it. He was in with Corey Lewandowski and the Trump people and blah, 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 and make America great again. What, what, what is the point here? Do you want, you want an invite to Mar-a-Lago or are you trying to win an election here? Because that's what we're talking about. All right, let me hear. This is the Today Show. Still too close to call with some of these races.
5: On Capitol Hill this morning, the balance of power in both chambers still up for grabs with several key races too early or too close to call president biden calling tuesday's midterms a good day for democracy but despite polling showing many voters were dissatisfied with the economy and the direction of the country the president when asked if he'd do anything differently responding nothing because uh, they're just finding out what we're doing.
7: The
4: Senate counts continue in
5: two battleground states, Arizona and Nevada, where election staffers are carefully sorting through thousands of remaining ballots. Oh, While in Georgia, incumbent Senator Raphael Warnock and former football star Herschel Walker are already asking voters to turn out for them once again in uh, a runoff. I don't week. know. No camp. He's feeling after a night when Republicans strong, did not they see they, the decisive uh, victories they'd hoped you know, for, uh, Senate GOP leader Mitch McConnell had this to say. I don't feel any feelings. Uh, the question is, they've got to count the votes and then we'll figure out where we are. Control of the House now rests with a smattering of seats where ballots are still being processed. Democrats did have some setbacks, particularly in New York, where Republicans campaigned heavily on crime issues and picked up a number of seats. Good. Even knocking off the House Democrats' campaign chair. Good. The first time that's happened in over 40 years. What message do you think the American people were trying to send you? Wow. I don't think the American people have given up on democracy. Even without the Pick final tally, top House Republican Kevin McCarthy setting his sights on the Speaker yeah. A minute, do
3: you have a for both the majority and the
5: speakership? Yes. As President Biden prepares for a possible divided government for the remainder of his term. I'm prepared to work with my Thank Republican God.
7: colleagues.
5: The American people have made clear, I think, that they expect Republicans to be prepared to work with me as well. And in that same news conference, President Biden reiterating that he does intend to seek a second term and that he doesn't feel...
1: Oh my God. It only matters... Let me hear Steve Kornacki. This is our
5: Steve Kornacki at the Big Board once again this morning. Let's start with the house, what our projection is, and, you know, some of the places where... This is, gonna, this is where house control will turn.
0: Yeah, because it is still undecided. You see our NBC projection is Republicans will end up with 222. You need 218 for a majority, but plus or minus seven seats. So what it means is the Republicans are favored, but there is still a world where Democrats just oh. kick out a majority. So what does the map look like here in terms that of where the outstanding results? are? Here's the big picture, but basically what you're looking at here is these are still Democratic seats that Republicans are targeting. So Democrats pretty much have to... De- defend all of these one thing that jumps out is look how many of these districts are in the state of california yeah. democrats just pretty much have to sweep through these and then on the other hand in addition to defending all of these if democrats want to have a chance of holding the house they got to go on offense they got to win a bunch and again you see a whole bunch in california where the voting takes a long time and you got what may be the closest single race in the country right now western colorado lauren Boebert, adam frischer democratic challenger. look at that votes separating
5: them. Yeah, she's a well-known incumbent for a lot of reasons, so a lot of people watching that race. Let's talk about the Senate, where that stands, and we've got some states out west, including my home state, Arizona, that it's going to take a little time.
0: Arizona's getting a lot of attention right now, and the bottom line with that Georgia runoff looming is Arizona and Nevada. Republicans have to win one of these two to make that runoff determinative for Senate control. So, Mark Kelly in Arizona, the Democrat with a lead of 95,000 votes. He got a boost last Last night, Too Maricopa many. County, the biggest in the state, released about 60,000 votes. They were Kelly friendly. We're expecting another big release tonight. Basically, there's hundreds of thousands of votes left, but the big question mark is there are 275,000 votes in Maricopa County. They are ballots that were brought in by voters in person on election day. Uh. Are they Republican friendly? Or are they Democratic-friendly? Each party has a theory. That could decide it.
5: By the way, we have a hot governor's race there, too. They'll be waiting for those ballots. So maybe we get some answers tonight in Arizona. Let's go to Nevada.
0: And take a look here. You see the governor's Oh, you see get that out there you go take a look up here you see the governor's race where actually the democrat is trailing in the senate race the democrat catherine cortez Masto also trailing but by a lesser margin it's 15,000 votes for adam laxalt here what happened yesterday was we got some votes out of clark county where las vegas is we got some votes out of washoe where reno is there are still tens of thousands left in both of them right now there is a path for cortez masto to catch laxalt it's very iffy for her so i think if you're a republican and you're looking at Nevada and you're looking at Arizona and you know you need to win one, this is the one that's more promising for you right now.
5: Okay, but of these two western states, Republicans have to pick up one of them if Georgia matters at all for Senate control. Georgia is going to a runoff. They're going
0: to win Nevada. That's right, because the Democrats picked up Pennsylvania, so now the Republicans need a net gain of two seats. So if they could get Georgia in a runoff, then they could get one of these two, that would be the two that they need.
5: Okay, Steve Kornack, I hate to
4: say it.
1: It's pretty good. It's pretty good analysis, folks. It's one fifty-eight. Good afternoon. It's John DiPietro on AM thirteen eighty and ninety-nine point M FM on this uh, Thursday afternoon. Right now, uh, obviously, all our elections are decided. Actually, it's 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 one fifty-nine. This portion of the, of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, forty Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, off, right off of Route one forty-six. Lunch, dinner, drinks in the lounge. They're waiting for you. At the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Well, coming up, you can hear the two o'clock news. I will be doing Facebook Live later. You'll also hear more about that uh, school bus crash in Burville. Fortunately, uh, a couple of people shaken up, but it doesn't sound like anything was that serious. And again, the, um, well, you know, the election Let's be honest. They couldn't have gone any worse for the Republican Party unless something changes In regards to this early voting and mail ballots. It'll all just repeat itself. So enjoy this sunny Thursday. State WNRI, Woonsocket.
7: WNRI.